Welcome to Insights, the podcast from Haley Marketing built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. Whether we're talking about marketing trends or what's working right now for staffing and recruiting firms across North America, we're here to share our insights on how you can stand out, stay top of mind, and sell more. Let's get to the show. What's up? This is Brad Biley, and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are you feeling this week, buddy? We're doing well, Brad. How are you? I am fantastic, Matt. We're one day closer to Augusta. Matt, we say it pretty much every single episode, but at the time that we dropped this episode, what are we, next week? Yeah, this is our last show before uh, our favorite golf tournament of the year, which means spring. You know, March is a really long month. Always feels long because February short. Very, very astute observation here by the data guy. Of course. 28 less than 31. Good math. But yeah, we're close. And if anybody has uh, betting tips for us, send them our way. We like passive income. You know what I love about Augusta, along with the tournament, along with everything that just is the Masters, is they do a really good job of just bringing new digital ideas to the Masters. I know the one year... They were doing, um, like, you could pick your camera, you could pick on one hole what angle you want to look at it from. They were doing uh, a 360-degree camera one year. They've done Masters Online, or whatever the URL is, has been fantastic, where you can pick what camera you want to look at. They just do a really good job of letting the fan dictate the experience that they want from home. And there's probably a segment there, Matt, after this after this uh, tournament, but it's exciting to see what they're going to do this year, and it's exciting just to... F- to, to live the tournament, even though you're not there, how you want to. They do a very good job of blending their tradition with new innovative ideas. Um, easy to do when you have good content and an unlimited budget, but we are thankful for that, for the excess. What do you say, man? Let's get to the show. Let's go. 80% of job seekers want to understand company culture before accepting an offer. In a recent survey from Capfinity, it was said that 80% of job seekers want to understand company culture before accepting an offer. Matt, I want to read a little bit of this press release and we'll put a link to it in the show notes. And then Matt, what I want to do is I want to get your thoughts on sort of the areas of the press release that I'm going to read to, to the audience here. The findings from Capfinity's 2022 candidate experience survey suggest that we are entering a new era of hiring where a reimagined candidate-first approach can help guide recruiters and hiring managers in 2022. This seems to be particularly true when it comes to company culture. 80% said it was important to understand a company's culture before they would accept an offer. Matt, when you think recruitment marketing, is this what you're seeing as well? Yeah, it's important because candidates can be selective, especially now. It's we think about the process of what gets someone to apply for a job, good job title, good compensation, you know, and then good description. And then once you go through that process, if I'm a candidate, I probably, I, it's very likely I could have multiple offers, multiple options. So I really want to choose a company that is connected with my personal beliefs, professional beliefs. I believe in the mission, the values, the culture and culture is really tough right now. If you are in the office, out of the office, either way, it's changed in two years for sure. It was always changing, but now it's really, it got accelerated. So connecting with that belief is important because I think job seekers can be very selective in their next, their next move, you know, and we see that with four-ish million, give or take people quitting their jobs every month and then staffing, you know, that's one, the size of the industry, but two has high turnover as well, constantly. It's just the nature of the job. 
um, they're temporary jobs. You'd like to keep them on your team all the time. So if you can get someone to really connect with the culture, it's harder to quit you than it is to quit the job. Matt, in our last episode, we talked about how candidates are customers and you need to treat them as such. This is exactly that. When you think about having a decision to make in buying new shoes, you have a lot of opportunities. You have a lot at your disposal. You do your research. You look into what's the best shoe for me. Maybe it's Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, whatever it is. Maybe it's a no-name brand because you you know, are trendy and you want to try something completely new, right? And you take a risk on yourself and you take a risk on that shoe. Candidates are customers in 2022 and they are shopping around for jobs. It's not just accepting the first opportunity. They're doing their research. They're doing their due diligence. And we need to treat our candidates like customers. We need to sell the job. We need to sell the role. And in this survey by Capfinity, we need to sell what it means to have a true, great company culture. Matt, let me go into another portion of this press release for you. Capfinity CEO and co-founder Dr. Alex Lindley in the press release said, now more than ever, job seekers want to know the salary, benefits, and career building opportunities provided by an organization. But today's workers in the U.S. also expect to be valued, and the candidate experience is their first glimpse into whether a prospective employer can deliver on this. Matt, thoughts? I think it's right because for years we've heard that first day, that first week, onboarding can have an enormous impact. So you want to feel valued from the start um, and ongoing, you know, it'll help you there. But I think also we're hearing a lot and reading a lot, like just in, on social media, I'm seeing a lot of chatter about people wanting to know the career path and what their options are at a company. And that's why they're leaving. It's how do I get to my next step? And it's hard because a lot of people think you got to pay your dues still, you know, just stay in that position for three, five years, your opportunity will come because that's what happened 20, 30 years ago. It's changed. There's so many factors that have changed and the career path thing really jumps out to me because I'm hearing a lot of that, especially in the direct hire world, but I'm sure it could help you on the staffing world too. Like Perfect example is a company I'm working with. They want to make sure their jobs are listed as contract to hire versus contract. Big difference. Um, if you have an opportunity to get hired full time at the company, you know that could be really enticing. So I think it it really does stand out. the The career path is is becoming a really big talking point. If people are switching jobs, that confirms what the report says. Matt, there's a great book that we've talked about on the show before called "Never Lose a Customer Again" by Joey Coleman, and it's all about how you can make sure that you retain your top customers by winning the first 100 days with them. Matt, you alluded to winning the first 100 days with a new hire, with a new candidate that you put out on assignment. I'm sitting here wondering, as you're listening to this podcast, what are you doing in the first 100 days after a placement to make sure that your candidates know they need to stay with you for the long term? How can you make sure that you win the first day week, month, 100 days to create that sense of longevity, loyalty with every single candidate that you place. Are you doing that? Is there an active, repeatable process in making sure your candidate experience is the same from Brad to Matt to whoever else you might put on assignment? And are you truly winning the first 100 days with your placements? Matt, let's look at one more data point from this survey. Again, this is a survey by Capfinity where they said 80% of job seekers want to understand company culture before accepting an offer. 
Matt, the survey and the report goes into saying that 56% of respondents report abandoning at least one recruiting process within the past year and 38% of them making it a point to always inform recruiters of or hiring companies that they were opting out of the process. The top five reasons that candidates opted out are lack of information about compensation and employee benefits, lack of responsiveness after initial screening, the length of the interview or the hiring process, the interview did not prepare skillful interview questions, and no respect for the candidate's time or schedule. Matt, all of this is screaming. There was nothing in it for me. Nothing in it for me, the candidate, in the process, and I went somewhere else because I got bored, I got fed up, and I don't want to deal with you anymore. Thoughts? I think Aretha Franklin's word stands out there, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Head up, boy. Like respect. Respect for their time. Respect for their time. Respect for the process. Everything with that's really important. You know, why did people jump out? They didn't know the salary. Like that's that's probably always going to be there, but not keeping them updated, not being prepared in the interview. You know, if Brad's interview, if you're interviewing somebody, Brad, for a position, you respect all their time. You know, they might only have 30, 45, an hour. 60 minutes during a day because they're taking time away from their current job. So you've got to come prepared, respectful of their time, giving them opportunity to ask questions. And that's what stands out to me is if you come in prepared and show you're ready to interview them, that that sends a heck of a signal. You know what, man? To, to me, it's it's like if, if I'm not wowing you on the first date, what are you going to be like when we're together for a year, when we're together for three years, when we're together for 10 years? Our interviews, our first dates with candidates, whether or not you want to admit it, if we're thinking through the fact that we're not respecting a candidate's time, we don't have skillful interview questions ready, the length of the interview or the hiring process is too long, somebody applies and you don't get back to them for two weeks, three weeks, picture it like a first date. What would you do if you reached out to somebody and they never texted you back for three weeks? You'd move on to somebody else. Your candidates are doing the exact same thing. They're going to your local competition. They're going somewhere else. The candidate has the upper hand. And right now we need to do everything that we can to make sure that we treat them like customers. Matt, get us out of this one. Anything to close it out for us? No, it builds off the Matt Minute from our last episode. Just treat your candidates like customers. It's they, they it's very important. The consumer trends are carrying over with you know automation, quick response, expecting a quick response, needing to deliver a quick response, and balancing that with with finding the right fit for everyone so if you're if you're doing a really good job of being respectful of their time showcasing your culture throughout the interview process throughout your content online that'll help you find the right candidates for your openings absolutely perfect segue matt let's talk about the matt minute our new segment here on insights we're going to give matt 60 seconds to talk about his matt minute what's on his mind if you're new to the show matt used to run a matt minute segment on linkedin where every week he would talk about what was on his mind for 60 seconds where it comes to recruitment marketing, when it comes to digital marketing. So Matt, talk to us, give us the Matt minute. All right. We're going to, today we're going to start the timer here and Brad will keep us honest, but today for the Matt minute, I want to talk about your job board budget and perfect segue actually out of segment one with candidates being so selective, so challenging to recruit them. A lot of people think just keep throwing money at the problem, that'll solve the problem. And a lot of the information data we see, we collect on our end at Haley Marketing Group isn't confirming that. It's don't just throw more money at the problem because you need to get higher on the job board or pay more for a click because you'll get a better candidate. You know, really look at your data. And a perfect example 
is a client call I had the other day with a company where he actually called me and said, Hey, Matt, you know, job boards are telling me we need to spend more money. What do you think? And I looked at your data and I said, Hey, client, actually, in the last week, I've decreased your spend. Because at the start of March, your cost per click went up by about 30-40%. Shows we're overpaying for candidates. Watch your data, make sure you know what you're doing, and don't just throw more money at the problem. Make smarter, informed decisions with your budget. Time. Wow. Matt, three seconds to spare on that Matt Minute. Incredible job. Incredible job. We cannot just keep throwing more money at the problem. We need to be smarter with the money that we're spending. And I'm going to be honest, if you're a business owner listening to this episode right now, that's a good thing, right? No one wants to spend more money. In fact, we all want to spend less money. We just want our money to stretch a little farther. Matt's here today to tell you that you don't necessarily need to continue to increase your job spend month over month over month over month. You need to be smarter with the money that you're spending. That's exactly true with everything in life. Nothing's new here. We just need to make sure that we're making educated decisions when it comes to our recruitment marketing, when it comes to our job advertising on job board sites. Matt, what else? I'm sure you see this a lot. I'm sure you see it from multiple clients. Talk to us. I'm not saying don't increase your spend. There's a right time to increase your spend. I'm working, you know, we have some companies that have been aggressive, but you're doing it in a step approach and they're they're, they're measuring the metrics. That's what metric is. They're looking at the data and saying, okay, we're going to increase by X percent in the next month. Let's see what happens. And if our cost per application stays the same or decreases, great. Maybe we'll be more aggressive. If our cost per application increases, um, that means we're, we're overpaying for candidates. We're paying too much for the clicks. And on the flip side of that, actually a brand new client here at Hilly Marketing, start of March, um, does home care, staffing in the Northwest part of the country. And one of their job boards is doing really well. The other one, we're just overpaying for clicks. I can see it. We're paying about $2 a click when it probably should be a dollar or less. And we like to have a benchmarking month here at Haley Marketing, but I don't feel like we're doing right by the client if we don't bring this up earlier. So we had a chat the other day and we're going to invoke some strategies, implement them really quickly to see if that'll help because it feels like their budget's just too big for the people in their area. And that's really important. It's about knowing what you should be paying at the market rate and what the results are. You can pay too much for candidates, even when there's not enough of them. It's you it has to line up with your business goals where, yeah, I could get you candidates, but if I'm, you're paying $50 a candidate for a light industrial worker, I'm guessing that's not in your business model. You're over, you're losing money on that transaction. We need to be smart. We need to look at the data. We need to look at the numbers. We need to make educated decisions. It's not just about throwing more money at the problem, right? It's not about just throwing as much as you can at the problem. To Matt's point, yes, there are times to increase job advertising and increase job spend, but it's doing so strategically, calculated, thinking it through, looking at the success of what you're doing, and then continuing to make those educated decisions. We cannot just simply throw money at a problem and hope that the problem goes away. We need to dissect it. We need to look at it. We need to analyze it, study it, and continue to make those well-balanced, educated decisions. And if active job seekers aren't working on job boards, go back to some segments we've had previously here on Insights. Go back to the lunch with Haley. Our CEO, David Cerns, did earlier this month in March. Recruit the passive talent. Go find the passive candidates. They're out there. They're switching jobs. The data is showing us people are switching jobs. So what can you do to keep your passive talent engaged so when they switch over to active talent, Brad is nodding because he's been talking about this for a long time. When that passive talent 
switches to active candidate, they think of you first. So that's where if you can only squeeze so much out of certain areas and you want to get your your jobs, your content everywhere because you don't know where people are spending their time. That's the overarching recruitment strategy, that marketing strategy that will help you find people to fill your jobs. We didn't talk about it in segment one, but you're, you're talking about recruiting the passive candidates. So I'm going to say it now. If 80% of job seekers care about company culture when change, when choosing a new job, you better talk about company culture in your job descriptions. You better talk about company culture on your job board, on your posts, on your website, whether it's in a warehouse, an office, a remote culture, whatever it is. If 80% of job seekers care about company culture, you cannot list a job right now without including what your culture is going to be like. And that's the culture in working with your team and your recruiters. That's the culture and what it's going to be like when they go out on assignment. We cannot ignore that. And we need to make sure that we continue to recruit active and passive candidates and do everything that we can to make strategic decisions to get both to apply to our jobs. Matt, let's talk rockstar marketing. If you're new to the show, Rockstar Marketing is a segment that we're bringing back to Insights. It's a talking pillar that I have here at Haley Marketing, where we talk about what's working in sports, entertainment, and the largest online marketplaces in terms of marketing so that staffing and recruiting firms can leverage those tactics in their staffing and recruiting organizations. Matt, I want to talk about a personal example here, a direct mail example that my wife and I received from Enfamil just this recent uh, month. So we haven't mentioned on the show, but my wife and I are expecting our first baby. And as a result of that, we are getting flooded with direct mail. Now, the lesson is that Enfamil sent us a great package. In the box, there was a bunch of different formula, a bunch of different opportunities, because as I've learned, Matt, you don't know what your baby's going to like. And you kind of got to try different things until they, they, they pick up on what they do like. Again, I'm new to this, so... We're going to learn and we're going to do a little trial by error on that one. But what I loved about the direct mail piece that they sent us is my wife and I didn't sign up for it. We didn't sign up. We haven't gone to their website. We haven't given them our information. So my assumption is they either tapped into our Amazon registry. They tapped into our bye-bye baby registry. Maybe in a roundabout way, they see, right, no free plugs. Maybe they've seen what we've been buying at Target or they've been seeing what we've been buying on Amazon and they're leveraging our past purchasing decisions. Somehow they know we're having a baby. And because of that, they sent us a great, really like welcome to the world package. It was pretty awesome. Where I think staffing and recruiting firms can leverage something like this is what if we sent a package to recent graduates? What if we sent direct mail and we we looked at, okay, Matt, we're in Buffalo, New York right now. So we looked at the University of Buffalo. We look at all of their graduates who are going to be graduating in the graduating class of May 2022. Somehow there's got to be a way to get that list. And we sent them a package. We sent them a congratulations on your graduation. And with that, we also said something along the lines of, if you're looking for your first job or you need help finding a job in, ooh, personalized automation here, Matt, maybe we can pull in a a major as well. If you're looking for a job in marketing, we can help. If you're looking for a job in accounting, we can help. Sending that direct mail using a very specific list because you know where people are in different stages of their life and their career journey, we can speak to them in very, very different ways. Matt, what do you think? I love the idea. I think you're spot on and where they're getting your information. They're buying a list somewhere. I'm sure in something where you registered, you agreed to blah, 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 blah. Separate conversation, separate day. I think you can extend it out to beyond colleges, high schools, 
vocational schools, trade schools. Nobody can find industrial talent. So let's send to, we're workshopping this live here on podcasts. If you can be live on a podcast, um, vocational school, send them something that helps them with their job, gloves, coupon for boots, steel coat boots, tools, anything, something they could need to, then they'll think about, oh, Matt Staffing Company really took care of me. It doesn't mean, don't, don't even make it branded, Brad. Just just make it so you send that and send some other things that are branded. I hate branded giveaways. Just give them a great gift that they're going to use and they will still think about you. Your logo does not need to be on their gloves. They're going to think about you every time they use them. Sure. So maybe just that takes it to another level because, you know, different strategies for different jobs you're trying to fill. There's the the college strategy, there's the trade school strategy, there's a high school strategy, I'm sure nursing schools, you know, something like that. If it's comfortable shoes, that's like one of the most popular content posts for healthcare staffing agencies out there. Really look into that type of giveaway, promotional item, just congratulations package that you could send people. I think it's a fantastic idea. It's it's thoughtful. Some people might find it a little creepy, overbearing, but I'm not that person. Some people might not like that they're getting that, but if they don't like it, they'll throw it out and they'll move on. So I think it's a great idea and find a way to to personalize that automation in a way that fits in your business model. The more I think about it, the more I love this idea. And when we think about attracting active job seekers, we need to think about how to attract those active job seekers. People that are right out of school, Matt's talking about vocational school. He, he even went all the way back to high school and getting people in in your ecosystem all the way back in, in the graduating class of 2022 high school. I love the thought, Matt, of, of just reaching out and saying, hey, congratulations, this is a massive milestone for you. We're super proud of you. And if you need help, here's what we do. And here's how we can help you get you to the next stage. You had a career mentor in college. You had a college counselor. You had somebody that you were going to for help. Now that they're done, you can lean on us for the next stage of your career. Matt, what if, you know, I'm thinking about vocational schools. If you're in the trades and and you're looking for talent, reach out to professors and see if you can teach courses. See if you can come in for a class or you can talk about different things and and join the class and and become sort of that expert so that when people think, oh, when I graduate, where am I going to go? Oh, wait, that, what about Brad? He worked at, you know, Brad staffing firm down the road who places welders. Maybe I should call him. Maybe he's got a couple opportunities for me. Using lists effectively, again, effectively, not just spamming people for the sake of doing it, but effective use of list management is going to continue to be hypercritical in 2022 and moving forward. When we think about just posting a job on a job board, and Matt might disagree with me here because he's the recruitment marketing guy who loves job advertising, but when we just post a job on a job board and hope and pray, those days are over. Absolutely over. We need to make sure that we're actively working to generate those applications, whether it's nurturing the job description, it's including company culture, it's using all these latest trends and data points to our advantage, or actively going after candidates by using effective lists, effective targeting on social, effective targeting on Google, we need to be more strategic with our messaging. And this example from Enfamil is exactly how you can do it. Matt, I got something on my mind. All right. That's the purpose of this spread. So the floor is yours. Yeah. I, I am frustrated and I got something on my mind. 
I think LinkedIn is trying to silence me. Well, there, there, there could be a good reason for that, but let, let's have the, uh, the prosecution present its case. Maybe you're the defense, the defense present its case. Sure. I think that I am being proactively silenced on LinkedIn. Matt, my LinkedIn account, Brad Biley, personal account, 12,921 followers. Congratulations on your success. My last post. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I'm really trying to brag about how many people I follow me on LinkedIn. My last post, 92 views of my video. The post before, 150 views on a video. The post before that, all I did was share something from Haley Marketing. The Haley Marketing company page put out a post. I shared it and I simply said, can I vote twice in this? 2,000 people saw that post. The video before that, 326 views of the video. The video before that, 313 views of the video. The video before that, 261 views of the video. We get the point here. Matt, I am being silenced, and I don't know what to do about it. Well, the numbers could back that up. Um, Let's look at the type of content, maybe. A lot of videos. I'm not sure what some other stuff was. What was the content you shared from from Haley marketing when you actually, when you actually had big reach, cause it was uh five, six X, the other numbers you were sharing there. So what I shared from the Haley marketing page was a poll that we ran. And the poll was, what is your favorite way to keep focused? And there were four options, coffee, music, take short breaks, other. I shared that. And I said, can I vote twice? Question mark. All of my videos are getting seen by less than, let, let's say on average, 300 views. And a view, Matt, is three seconds of video watch. I, I looked it up. So a view is three seconds of video watched. The poll that I shared, to your point, yes, 6x. I don't know what to do. Look at the content. This is this common strategy, or, uh, you're probably going, this is probably a struggle our clients see, and other companies see. It's And that's why I wanted to bring it to insights, right? Yeah. Is this is a lot bigger than me. And, yeah. and it's something that I noticed because I pay super close attention to, to what I'm doing on LinkedIn. We all have limited time. We all have limited resources. If I'm going to spend, let's call it 30 minutes cutting a video, right? So we record the podcast. We use software called Riverside. I will give them a plug because I do love the software. In there, you can create clips of your video. That takes me about a half hour, right? Once it's branded, looks good. I find the right section, post it to LinkedIn about a half hour. If I'm going to do that, I want to make sure that at least people are seeing it, right? Matt, I, I I don't know, man. Is is video content dying on LinkedIn? I know they're pushing polls. I've spoken on that on Insights before, so I get that. I just don't know what else to do. Well, we need to know the algorithm, and it ties a lot of segments here actually together. We talk about, you know, they're pushing polls. We've talked about that. There was a reason I used to do the Matt Minute because LinkedIn was pushing short videos on LinkedIn. I didn't see that continuing. You haven't seen that recently. So maybe our content's bad. I don't know if it's that. Um, so we have to go back to the drawing board. Maybe we have to really, really, really focus on content. But it's hard to beat the algorithm if the algorithm is pushing a type of content you aren't um, producing. So I'm not sure what we do either, Brad. What do you think we should do? So I think it does come back to content, right? So I'm trying to run the quick math. Right now, about 2% of my audience on LinkedIn is seeing the videos that I'm posting. Matt, I would prefer, and, and, and why I guess I'm upset is I would prefer, I don't need people to, listen, this isn't about, hey, I want all of you to go watch my video. That's not this take at all. 
the take is people aren't even being exposed to it to say this is a real lousy take. I wish you showed me less of this. It's it's not even getting out to the the, the LinkedIn ecosystem to pe- for people to make their own decisions of it. Right. If you hate my take, that's fine. Right. I get it. We've done almost 90 episodes of insights. You're not going to love everything that I say. And that's why we're here. Right. We're here so that you can agree with us. You can disagree with us. You can try new things. You can not try things. That's fine. I get it. But I do think, Matt, that the video format is not working on LinkedIn for me right now. What I might try is posting some of these videos in groups and being very strategic with that. They are also very, very much overproduced. So they they do have intros. They have logos on them. They have colors on them. They look very polished. And I don't know if LinkedIn is not wanting to do that more. Maybe they want me with just you know a selfie on a camera and, and being more authentic. Now, yes, it is just a clip of a podcast, so it is very authentic, but maybe the LinkedIn algorithm is seeing this as like a polished, produced video that they don't want to push. Um, I usually don't tag anybody in them, right? If anybody, I tag you because it's a take that you're involved in, so I want to get your thoughts on it as well. I could try tagging other people in the industry, you know, other thought leaders to, to see what they think, and maybe that will start of, you know, spark some interest from other people. I do not typically include hashtags on LinkedIn. That could be something that I try. Um, I usually, I, I, I do typically tag the Haley Marketing account just because I want people to know that the, the podcast is brought to you by Haley Marketing, but I don't tag other companies or other, you know, associations or other things that we might talk about on the show. It's just, it, it's, it's frustrating, Matt. And, and what it is, is you're hearing on the podcast right now of, of real honest talk between Matt and I about content marketing, because we talk about content all the time and we're supposed to have the answers. But when you look at what's working, sometimes you need to change your ideas, right? The podcast right now is working really well for us. We do have a great active listener base and we appreciate every single one of you. For me though, video is not working. So it's something that we need to go back to the drawing board on. I like the trial and measuring those results. I hear hashtags you should try because maybe LinkedIn's pushing those a little bit or people are searching for them. I think tagging can work really well if you're tagging the right person and then they're engaged with it. Probably not. Maybe LinkedIn knows you're tagging me all the time and it's knocking you down there. Could be something you need to just tag. We tag some other people. But what I'm hearing is we see a challenge with our with our content strategy on a social platform. So we're, we're evaluating the different aspects of it. We're, we're evaluating the type of content, the format, you know, the, the material of the content. Maybe we talk about something different. It's not resonating with the audience. But like you said, if it's not getting pushed out, your content could be awesome. Um, so we look at the format, we look at different things we can try. If it's hashtags, like you said, if it's tagging people and then seeing what works, I do think on LinkedIn, um, and I, you didn't tell us the days here, Brad, I think publishing not often is a good move. If you really want to get a lot of reach, I think a really thought out, well thought out post once a week might do a little better than if you're blasting out content 20 times a day, there's bad, like you Either way, could you know, depending on your content strategy, um, but I think a really strong, well thought out piece of content can just catch fire because then it gets a lot of engagement and reach more people. So I don't know. We're excited to hear you report back, Brad. Maybe two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, and see if anything works. It's something that we're consistently looking at. And when we talk about content marketing, we talk about what's working on social, what's working for content. We're we're in the the trenches right here with you. And when we think about insights, what we're here for is to bring you our insights, what we're seeing. We might not always have the answers, but we're certainly going to try to figure them out. And and Matt, you know, speaking about posting cadence, I usually post once a week, if not twice a week. I do try to space it out. 
Um, most of that is a resource challenge on my end, but I also think I agree with you that it is something that you need to space out because people need time to see it and react to it. People aren't on LinkedIn as frequently as they are Twitter or Instagram. It's just a fact. So I want to give, you know, an audience time to look at it. But when we look at, you know, sharing different content ideas, we try different strategies, we try different tactics. That's what we're doing every day. You know, when we think about insights, we think about what we're trying to do over here on the show It's bring you our insights, bring you what we're seeing, what's working, what's not. Right now for me, video content on LinkedIn is not working. So it's something that, Matt, I am going to continue to look at. I'm going to continue to try and, and figure out. And hey, we'll bring you a report next time we get together for the show. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You could tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. Hey, be sure you tell them that Insights sent you. My podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.